the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, LawnDoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's LawnDoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. I'm DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Well, on this Tuesday, two, uh, there's a number of different uh, news stories to watch. One of them is uh, Rise of the Moore members facing felony charges in Rhode Island. So one of the Rhode Island members of the Rise of the Moors now facing felony charges using false ID tried to buy firearms at a Warwick gun dealer, Quinn Cumberlander. He's already being held in Massachusetts, as you know, on the gun charges after the armed standoff on uh, July 3rd. Um, Attorney General Peter Narona, Commissioner of Public Safety Stephen Perry in Providence Police Chief Colonel Clemens announced felony charges following a joint investigation by the Providence Police Department, Attorney General, Illegal Firearms, Greater Providence Area. Investigators obtained an arrest warrant, Cumberland, of three counts, providing false identifying information to purchase a firearm. He provided false address information during multiple attempts to purchase firearms from a dealer in Warwick. Three times this year, he applied to purchase a firearm using false information, but he was denied in every instance. Providing false information to purchase a firearm is a felony crime in Rhode Island. Punishable fine, not more than 5000 imprisonment up to five years. Now, they've also obtained an arrest warrant for the leader, Jamal, who goes by the name Jamal Latmir, in Providence County Superior Court, violating the terms of his bail stemming ongoing criminal case in Superior Court. Now, he is still in custody in Massachusetts. He's the leader of the Rise of the Moors. He was the one doing the... YouTube live streaming. He was arrested last March 2020. Rhode Island State Police charged one count of obstructing a law enforcement officer, disorderly conduct, resisting arrest. His case is currently pending before Providence County Superior Court. He was released on bail prior to his arrest on July 3rd. So authorities in Massachusetts have been notified of the arrest warrants issued for both Cumberlander and Bay, Jamal Bay. Cumberland will face Rhode Island charges pending, pending a bail determination mass. Bay's currently held without bail in Massachusetts. Providence Police Department Office Attorney General leading the investigation. So that is interesting to determine exactly what had happened on March 4th of last year. That was right before the pandemic was about to kick in when the Rhode Island State Police got involved with him, obstructing law enforcement, disordered conduct, resisting arrest. And normally... When, I've, um, when I see those types of charges, a lot of times obstructing law enforcement, disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, normally it's because of a protest, but the protests all started later on. So this was before the pandemic. Uh, a lot of times when you see some of these types of things, I'm not exactly sure what's involved with that. Now, another big story, and this is obviously um, uh, something that's been building, this plays into, so let me just, hold on, the rise of the Moors. This is more serious charges. Uh, so they're being held in mass. They're being held in Rhode Island. This also shows that our gun registration system here in Rhode Island is working. And the rise of the more, you know, this Quinn Cumberlander trying to use false information to purchase firearms. It didn't work. They stopped him three different times. He was denied uh, as much as they still talk about, you know, their Second Amendment right. But. Mayor Jorge Alorza, Providence is about to give 500 a month to 110 low-income households. Now, what this is about is, uh, and Dan McGowan, who's been all over it, is basically the one breaking the story. He's announcing the city of Providence is going to give 500 a month, 110 low-income, well, it's really black, Providence households. For one year, no strings attached. Uh, design supplemental existing social safety net program. That's what they're saying it is. 
So he's having a big press conference, Amos House. It's unclear if they've already been selected or whether it's uh, separate control of households who won't receive uh, finances tracked over the year. The Guaranteed Income Program, they're starting to pop up around the country. Mayor Lorza is a member of Mayors for a Guaranteed Income. Coalition, 50 municipal leaders trying to implement their own version of monthly cash benefits programs. So Los Angeles, they're going to launch 1000 a month for 2,000 families. Columbia, South Carolina, they recently launched a program. 100 local fathers get 500 a month for two years. Patterson, New Jersey, 110 people receive 400 uh, a month. So he has raised, Mayor Lors has raised over $1 million in cash and in-kind donations. $500,000 donation from Twitter CEO. Also, uh, Walmart here, James Walton, donated 100000 Social Impact Fund. So, folks, but what this really is, is this is Alorza trying to buy votes. Now, these 110 uh, African-American families in Providence, so this does a couple things. Number one, this is going to spread the word that they're going to, if you move, if you live in Providence, we will give you money. He's trying to get, if you are african-american if you live in pawtucket if you live in central falls maybe you live woonsocket maybe newport maybe westport wherever uh wherever you live in the state that they may start to pay black families this monthly now as much as someone can say all right well no wait a minute it's 500 a month it's 500 a month plus people are getting other you know government subsidies on top of that other handouts on top of that and it's starting at 500 now a real question is what happens after the year he is doing this this is like a lottery 110 people are going to win the 500 now this bill i think is this is terrible and i'll tell you why it builds animosity it builds dependency these people they're not going to say all right i guess the year's over now i have to find out no they're going to say i depend on that money and you know now it they start to put the onus on the city well then you have to pay them or somebody else has to pay them now i am sure that he's going to say hey listen it's going to start with this 110 people or families i should say 500 if i'm elected governor we're going to have a lot more people and it's going to be a lot more money maybe it's a thousand a month and folks again if you're getting uh if you have ebt cards and you have section 8 housing and you have a lot of different government subsidies coming away an extra 500 just for for what for twin river for booze for drugs for you know whatever it is that you want to do with that who would turn down an extra 500 a month i mean anyone think right now in your own life if you send an extra 500 a month that's nice spending money always you know gas up the car whatever it may be go out to dinner uh there's a number of different things that maybe get fixed around the house and suddenly have that extra money but he is to me this is all an effort he's buying votes he is trying to buy the african-american vote he needs it in order for him the um the alorza his political consultants what i understand have basically told him if you want to be elected uh governor if you want to win that primary you have to get the african-american vote in providence you're definitely going to get some of the hispanic vote because he's guatemalan but you need to get that contingency, uh, constituency, and then if he can. So look how the city, the state eventually could be on the hook. And this suddenly thinks, think what that does in certain neighborhoods, that the family across the street, you know, they're the, the lucky lottery winner. They're going to get an extra 500 a month. Now, again, in, in, in certain neighborhoods, um, you, you have some people that, you know, they make, thirty thousand dollars a year so suddenly they're going to be getting six thousand dollars i mean that's you know could almost in in some cases almost be it's it's like a, a you know a quarter of your income almost for some people not everybody obviously but for some and that's but he is doing that this is supposed to be under reparations uh i'm very anxious to see how this is 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 going to go but this keep in mind he is doing this to expend his political base and he's tied in with this group on the one hand last july he stepped forward said he wanted to do it and it's a year later and he joined this group and it looks like he has come up with the money and he's going to do it so big trouble for rise of the moors 
and uh, and this is for the Alorza for, for, for governor, for the people that he's trying to cobble together to win that Democrat primary and really carry Providence. He's got some money in the kitty now to buy some votes. All right, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508 336 7801. MEGA, MEGA professionals, 508 336 7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part time, full time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Calvino, call for a free consultation today, 401 401- Seven eight five ninety four hundred or online fightbackcalljack.com were you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident motorcycle accident slip and fall workplace injury fight back call jack free consultation 401-785-9400 50 years personal injury law experience and his office 100 years combined total with the staff fight back call jack 401 401- Seven eight five ninety four hundred. It would be great if you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should. But it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation. 401-785-9400. Jack Calvino. 401-785-9400. Or online. Fight back calljack.com folks you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website which is dipetro.com it's time for politics this week with me he is the managing editor anchorizing.com it's justin katz and justin um should be very interesting now mayor lords as we know trying to run for governor certainly having some trouble trying to get his footing but what he's going to unveil uh today which is tuesday is is pretty remarkable he joined on to this group of mayors around the country invested and involved with reparations and he apparently has received over one million in donations um and today is going to announce a pilot program where a bunch of supposedly low-income black families in providence are going to receive 500 dollars a month i think um there's still all the details are, are still coming in. He's going to have a, a big uh, press briefing about it and, and start to roll everything out. But uh, initially, there's 110 low-income province households for one year. No strings attached. They suddenly just get $500 a month. Uh, I, there's nothing about this that is good. And uh, let's start off and get some of your thoughts on it. Well, yeah, I think this is the actually the joining of two policies that are kind of in the air, one being reparations for slavery and, and uh, subsequent oppression, and the other being this idea of giving everybody universal basic income that just to 
<clears throat> ensure as a way of, of ensuring that everybody has enough money to live on at least and everything above that is kind of gravy. Uh, the They both have serious problems uh, in their own right, but doing it the, the idea of combining them or, or making it one policy is, is really, a, as you suggest, a, a terrible idea. I mean, if, if we're, we're not doing a good job of teaching history these days, but where we're black families in America were making a tremendous amount of progress after slavery until uh, mainly Democrats and the left started implementing welfare programs and, and things to, to, you know, take care of them. Uh, and I think that it, it really undermines what makes life meaningful and what, what encourages people to be responsible and move forward. And it makes them dependent on government, which is why big government people like these programs. And so at the same time, it's, it appears, it sounds all nice and we're providing for the poor. What you're really doing is you're, you're subjugating them and making them, making them reliant on government and undermining things like like family and, and local local structures that will develop when people have to take care of themselves to a greater degree. Yeah, it's it's incredible, Justin. On top of that, I mean, let, let's look at this. A, a, a 110 families, <coughs> excuse me, it's almost like um, like they're lottery winners in a way. And it's it's enough $500 a month, no strings attached. It's not enough to to really change their lives, but it's enough to suddenly, I think it, it could, you know, start to build a little resentment amongst some of their neighbors. And I, I think it sets people on a path of, you know, if I can get 500 there and then if I could continue to still get unemployment, you know, you could almost cobble together where then you don't have to work. And, and the question is Justin, now they say this is just for a year, but when this runs out and then you don't have the donations, the people are already relying on that money. And then they would, I think the number of people involved would only go up, not down. But then those people, they would suddenly be the argument that either the city or the state needs to step in, even though, you know, now they don't have the donations. Right. Well, that's what, what politicians love about this kind of a program is it, it, it draws you in. So first, the people who don't get it get resentful. And so what's the solution there? Well, I just have to lobby my politicians to give me money and then I'll get it too. And then if it goes away, well, I'm relying on that. You can't just take that away from me. You have to give that to me. You almost see this. It makes me think of the way you phrase it makes me think of in local government, especially when money comes down from the state or federal governments for a program. Oh, you know, the police are just going to we're going to add a canine unit for a year and the federal government's going to pay for the whole thing. Well, what about after the year? Right. <laughs> Are we just going to throw the dog away and move on? No, there's, you're, you're buying into it. That's a very common practice. And some of what we're seeing, I think with progressives in government these days is trying to take those kind of principles that used to be <clears throat> how government manipulates itself to manipulate and buy constituencies who will always vote for them because they're reliant on the money. Well, well and it's it's hard to ignore that Mayor Lorza is running for governor. A big part of this, and I heard it, it was over a year ago, or I should say just about a year ago, that a consultant basically told him the only way you have a shot is you need to solidify and get the African-American vote and specifically the African-American vote in Providence. And suddenly, you know, here it is a year later, he comes out with this program. He's going to choose 110 families. I'm sure then it becomes, Hey, listen, we're going to start 110. Guess what? If I get elected governor and you vote for me, it's going to become, you know, 5,000 or it's going to become 10,000. Or, I mean, I, I think that cannot be ignored out of the equation that a big motivation for him in this is the fact he's trying to, you know, become governor and win the primary next year. And his path to do that runs right through really getting votes and pulling votes out of Providence. Well, yeah, it's it's just simply a vote buying scheme. I mean, that's really all it is. And it's it, it ties into what I've called the, the government plantation, where, where the politicians, there's, there's not much economic activity in the state there's nothing really to to cultivate in that regard so what they do is they create constituencies people people who need their services and their money 
and they provide the political support that they then go out and take the money from others or collect it from others. And that's just the system they're building. And it's, it's, a, it's very harmful and it's harmful most of all to the people who become reliant on these programs because, I mean, especially if it's tied to something like a, a reparation, reparations theme, you're really just basically connecting people with a, a negative past and forbidding them almost from ever moving past it. You're always, the moment you say, you know what, I'm not really, I, I'm over it. I'm, I'm, I'm fully recovered. I, I, my past does not affect me anymore. Then what? We take the money away and you don't deserve this money anymore. That's not how it works. So it's, it's just a terribly, terribly harmful approach. And I think we see it in all sorts of ways, you know, the breakdown of families, especially uh, the increase in, in violence and drug use. Those are the, the, the ultimate consequences of these. But again, the politicians love that. They bought the votes with the money and the, the welfare programs. And then they can turn around and say, well, you need us to help you through this, the, all the consequences of that, um, you know, the violence and, and so on. And it's, it's, it's creating a downward spiral, I think, across the country. So in some ways, Alors is just, just trying to jump on a next, the next level of that spiral so that he can, he can make a political profit from it. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer appear. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs. Brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, mega truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's mega truck and trailer repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. J. Perry Paving always provides high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Residential, commercial, seal coating patios. Get your driveway paved. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios, and general masonry projects. J. Perry Paving, they offer free estimates. Call them today at 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. It's J. Perry Paving. Get your driveway paved. And if you're a veteran, no one has a better package for veterans than J. Perry Paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, J. Perry Paving has your back. Check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote today. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, licensed insured contracting company, they will meet your needs no matter how big or how small and no one treats veterans better than j perry paving call them today 401-732-1730 401-732-1730 for j perry paving our, our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing editor anchorising.com justin i want to stay just uh on Mayor Alorza, just for a moment, because the other night uh, there was a 21, 20-year-old man, excuse me, shot on Public Street in Providence and killed. 
And what I just find remarkable is I was I was there on the scene and then I even attended when he was speaking uh, brief in the media or afterwards and his words uh, afterwards, you know, without they don't have an investigation. He immediately just launches into, you know, we need to find these kids something to do. And the, and the murders are, or the shootings are more dangerous now. Um, he, he all this stuff of we need to find more things for these kids. He doesn't know motive. He doesn't even know if the people that that shot that uh, the 20-year-old, if he doesn't even know if they're from Providence. Uh, it, it was just astounding to me. He just starts spouting out this whole thing about we need to get guns off the street and we need to give these people something to do. Well, he's 20 years old, so you're not talking about like a 15-year-old. You don't know if the person was employed. It is uh, in that moment, there's also, there's no outrage there's no, this is completely unacceptable. This type of violence will not be tolerated. Zero. He then launches into this whole thing of, it's almost like, you know, we're, we all are to blame for what's happening here. Well, yeah. Go right ahead, Justin. And folks, we're going. We have to go give ahead. kids. Oh, I'm sorry. The idea that we have no, to give go ahead. kids. The, the idea that we have to give kids more things to do is kind of at odds with the idea of giving people money for nothing, right? The reparations and maybe what they need to do at 20 years old is, is find jobs. But a lot of what he, he did was to just say, there's, there's too many guns on the street. And it, it made me think of a last month, a Providence journal article that began talking about how when it gets warmer, you get more violence as if, as if we're kind of cultivating a garden of weeds. Oh, well, there's a lot of guns. We seed it with guns and then the, the weather creates the, the gun violence and completely lost in that is the idea that people have have to you know have responsibility and we have to cultivate that instead and i, I was actually impressed in uh wpri i think it was interviewed is a 20 year old providence school board member tyrell stevens and i think he got really much closer to the, the right answer saying uh young people need he called it mentor support. But if you take that a step farther, you're talking about who are the best mentors, an intact family with a mother and a father. And I yep. think that's really where we, we have to go with all this violence. And uh, I mean, I, I believe the 20 year old Providence youth about the, the results of, or why this is happening more than the mayor. Uh, but I, th I think that's what they avoid is anything having to do mayor, the mayor and politicians like him, anything having to do with responsibility, with uh, creating an economy that has jobs that people want. Uh, instead, it's we need to we need to create things for them to do. We need a basketball league or, or whatever it might be. When a lot of the argument for the gun violence in the summer is that people are outside. Well, maybe by creating a league, you'd just be putting everybody in one place where the guns will come out. I mean, it's the it's just a knee jerk reaction, trying not to address the bottom line issues that really cut across everything progressive Democrats stand for. And, and not only that, but there's also there's no element. Uh, he never expresses any type of outrage. Uh, you know, he, he also doesn't say I want to use this as an opportunity. If you have information, contact police. We're going to find out who hunt, hunt down who did this. He treats the whole thing as, you know, this neighborhood is really hurting and this affects everybody. And we need to, you know, it's already, already moving on. There's there's no element of outrage with him, Justin. It also reminds me and again, folks, our segment is politics this week. It reminds you know, there, there was foreshadowing of this uh, on Martin Luther King, a couple um, in which is in January, a couple of years ago, there was the shooting at Providence Place Mall right in the outside of Nordstrom's in the in the garage or right in the doorway of Nordstrom's almost. And they they quickly left town after that. But he basically described it as some knucklehead from Pawtucket showed up with a handgun and uh, and, you know, fired it and shot it. it a knucklehead with a hand, you know, they, they, that's a felony and he could have killed someone. He's always downplaying the element of violence and instead always seems to pivot into this, you know, it's society to blame and we need to find something for these poor kids to do. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it, it indicates that he doesn't he doesn't actually see it as crime. He sees it as a political narrative, basically. So when he yes. when when he hears about the story, he doesn't think, "Oh, here's a crime we have to solve as the administration of the city." No, it's it's how can I capitalize on this and make myself the a progressive hope? Uh, and I think that that shows in just about everything he does. Folks, again, our segment is politics this week. Now, Justin also, Governor McKee signed in. 
big uh, gun signing, uh, I should say gun safety signing ceremony. Uh, I, I'm not, I want to get your thought on it. I don't think it's really going to do much. But what, again, what stood out to me was there's, uh, you know, obviously all the office holders and those running for governor, but he's sitting there, the, the lieutenant governor who's always by his side, then behind them. Our uh, Secretary of State Nelly Gobia and then General Treasurer Seth Magaziner, and no one is talking. It looks like an uncomfortable, like a family feud, almost probably make the royal family if they had to sit together at a funeral. But no one is talking. But you got to be there for the photo op, and they are jumping up and down. And at no point do they they mention that they, there's a lot more behind some of the violence on the streets. They don't mention the rise of the Moors, where you had eleven guys with, you know, with the high-powered guns coming out of Providence in uh, Pawtucket and then they don't mention the the gun violence but I, to me it it seems like it's legislation that it's just it's just a photo op feel good I I don't see how that's really going to accomplish anything yeah well the I mean the, the politics of it them all sitting around there they're all on the same page it seems to me to create an opportunity for somebody to come in and compete with them with kind of a more rational reasonable uh point of view because as, as you say it's it's entirely political there's there's rhode island is a a very safe place our gun laws are already strict and in this case so what one of the bills bans straw purchases so you can't sell to somebody else which i can create problems i i assume if the state doesn't make it easy enough to do that and you're legitimately trying to sell or give away a gun and there's no way to no easy way to check whether people can own them that could become a problem but otherwise okay you know is that really going to matter or banning concealed guns on on school property where where's the evidence that there's there's violence in schools because of legally carrying uh private citizens who have a license and carry them on school grounds. No, people who, who go on school grounds typically are not there with a gun concealed. They arrive with the gun exposed. Uh, they're often illegally or they shouldn't have the gun. They acquired it by taking it from somebody else. So the, the laws will do almost nothing in a state that doesn't have much to do, although it's getting worse as far as, as gun violence. And it's just so it's just a political presentation they feel like they have to do something to satisfy their constituents and again i i just have to imagine or maybe hope that there there is a voting constituency for somebody for an adult to come in and really lay out what's going on and offer a better different solution but that person does not appear to be on the horizon no and not only that just not that but just one more comment on the especially the violence in, in, in several couple of just a couple of years ago, the Providence city council with people like Kat Kerwin and some of the others and mayor Lorza went along, they dismantled the Providence police gang unit Intel. We, because they said, well, you know, you're, you're hurting these children as they always like to throw out and uh, you're labeling them. And from now on, that's why the mayor always just says groups of individuals. He won't even use the word gang. But, Justin, you know what's a fundamental difference with it? I think they're totally wrong is. So if there's a number, just whatever number you want, 50 houses on a street. Now, on those 50 houses, there's a lot of, most of the time there's one or maybe two where there's some kind of a problem. If police are called, those are the two houses. So police would say, those are the houses we have to keep an eye on. With the woke city council and Mayor Lorza, they say, oh, no, you can't profile you have to treat everyone on that street, you know, in policing the same. Well, if you have an elderly couple who's 80 years old, that's not the same as if you have, you know, a group of young males that are maybe living in an apartment that are more prone to, to violence. This is where the progressive policies have hurt policing, my opinion, as someone that has come in and really been seeing it up front, which is you, you really don't have to, as you say, Rhode Island's considered one of the safest states, low gun violence. It's individuals, certain individuals that you have to look out for, but it's not everybody. But when when the progressive Democrats start trying to tell the police how to police or set up the rules or handcuff them, then you have, to me, these outbursts of violence that are taking place. Yeah, and I, I think it, it it's a more it goes even even more deeply than that. I mean, if you the the policy they implemented to eliminate the gang database specifically mentions that you can't talk about uh, demographic qualities, the races, the nationalities of the of people in, in a particular gang. Uh, and I said at the time that that's essentially forbidding you from understanding the gangs. You know, if it is, it may be a Hispanic or a black or, or some other 
nationality gang. That's how gangs often form. Yep. If you're forbidding the police from acknowledging that, and if you think back at the, the shooting on Sales Street a few, some weeks ago, uh, I, I believe one of the officers got jammed up because on the, the video, the, the video that they, they, the police released, one of them said something about it being the black against the Hispanic. Well, maybe there's something to that. I mean, yeah. maybe there, maybe, maybe that is part of the explanation and it's not good. We don't like that, but that means you have to fix that problem. Right. Maybe if you can figure out what's creating that racial friction from one house to the next, you can stop them from fighting each other on and on and again on for dozens of police calls over the course of a couple of years there. So I think it goes right to the progressive blinders. You, you have to ignore what's really happening because if we have to be sensitive about it because it's not good with that it's happening well yeah everybody agrees racism is bad people fighting based on race is bad profiling people based on race is bad so let's make it not explanatory let's make it not necessary to look at that and then you'll solve the problem but i think that goes right back to our, our discussion of Valorza's political political perspective on just about everything if you solve that problem as I think the country was on its way to solving 60 years ago, if you solve that problem, then what do we have? We have the, the, the left has nothing to run on. They have no substance for their, their division of the country and they have no access to power. And I think that's, that's what it really comes down to. And it, 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 it boils into these, these terrible policies where you can't talk about gangs when you have gang violence. And it, it's just, if, I only wish we would hear more and more outrage from people uh, just pointing out these kind of obvious facts. Folks, another quick break, a lot more politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorrising.com right here on the John DePietro show. This summer, let J.K.L. Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. J.K.L. Engineering, call them today, 401-351-7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts jkl it's going to be a hot summer ahead called jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available remember with jkl 54 years in business reputation is second to none especially for technical expertise customer satisfaction jkl is an approved national grid vpi installer they're also a navian certified factory dealer call jkl for a system replacement oil to gas for a heat pump estimates are free financing is available this summer called jkl engineering right now remember they do it right they do it right the first time they'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool call jkl 401-351-7600 remember jkl engineering licensed in rhode island and massachusetts a carrier factory authorized dealer it's jkl call them 401-351-7600 this summer stay nice and cool with J.K.L. Engineering, 401-351-7600. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me, Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, Governor McKee announced they are still extending the uh, state of emergency that the state is in. What's your uh, thoughts and reaction to that? <laughs> Where is the emergency? I, yeah. It's just, it's hard. I. It, it, it is really becoming disturbing. And I think one one of the better angles I've seen on this was a Republican representative from the Burrowville area, Brian Newberry, posted on Facebook a clip from YouTube of the Capitol TV. And it really showed how legislation often functions. So just kind of quietly, as if it were uh, a just a quick amendment to something, didn't really make a big difference. The General Assembly passed laws, passed a statute extending some of the uh, some of the provisions of executive orders from the past year that help loosen things up for for businesses and stuff. And it sounds like a good idea, but what did it do? It included a requirement that the state still be in an emergency, a state of emergency. And so this goes through, I think, into September. So that's really where we are, is they just this, they don't want the, they don't want it to end. They could do all of the stuff they think needs to be done uh, for like a two month extension of the ability to sell for takeout of alcohol from restaurants or something like that. They could extend all that by statute with no problem and no state of emergency, but then they would lose all the other stuff they, they want. So yesterday I was, I spent the day uh, on a, a government related matter in superior court, in Newport, still masks constantly, still plexiglass everywhere. Wow. You can't hear, you can't hear what the, uh, the, 
the lawyers or the witnesses are saying, the stenographer kept having to stop everybody because nobody can understand what anybody's saying. But this is what you get in a state of emergency that doesn't exist. You get a judge with a mask behind plexiglass trying to understand what a lawyer with a mask 25 feet away is saying. And But that's, that's government right now. They like this. This is why um, you've got town boards and stuff still operating by zoom because they can keep you from talking they can keep you from look they don't have to look you in the face they can do it sit in their homes and and do whatever they want and i think that's those are the that's the seek to me the secret reason behind it all they just want to keep this going uh they're probably hoping that by the time they get till september we'll have another variant that they'll have an excuse to shut everything down again and meanwhile they'll be masking children young children who are at almost no no risk because they haven't been vaccinated uh, in, in the fall. So I, I worry that that's where we're going, that they're just kind of trying to figure out some way because it's easier to extend in a state of emergency than to say we're back in one, because then you kind of actually need evidence that there is a state of emergency. Folks, our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin, critical race theory continues to make headlines around the country. Uh, closer to home, Nicole Salas, South Kingstown, mom that certainly made headlines on that she did an APRA request and found out advocacy solutions this guy frank mcmahon he's been around for quite some time they were actually hired by the south king sound school committee this advocacy solutions to come up with talking points to spear to uh, smear nicole solace um do you think critical race theory uh we're seeing in different parts of the country they really feel this is a good voting issue uh, to, to, you know, for especially the Republican Party for the midterms next year. Uh, locally, it's a good suburban issue. Do, do you um, do you think that that is something that could be successful as a as a voting issue now here in in Rhode Island? I, I think so. I mean, what the what the right Republicans, conservatives, where where we lack is in pulling people together for a a cause of action and, and giving people direction and incentive to work together. And I, I think this issue creates that. And I think it probably, if people were to to look into it enough, would concern even people more moderate uh, Rhode Islanders. So I, I think there is a, and, and that's that's why the, the unions and the, the other progressive organizations are, are trying to make it sound, seem like this crazy right wing thing, because they're trying to scare the moderates away from it. Um, so I, I I do think there's there's a lot of room there, and I think there's there's also room to gains to be made for uh, conservatives and Republicans in in pointing out all the process of this. So, I mean, some of the some of the mo- some of the only accountability I've seen in Rhode Island government in the past few years is all the superintendent and several school committee members get pushed out in South Kingstown because they just went too far with this issue and with others. Uh, I think that that might be the best, um, the, the best outcome Republicans could could hope for. They, if they had other candidates to capitalize on it, and I think that's that's the problem. But I will tell you, as I think I've said before, I, in in going around just you know getting signatures for petitions in say Tiverton, on other issues, uh, critical race theory in the schools was maybe the, the biggest thing anybody asked about. Is yeah. this in our schools here? So I think that's that's there. But I think also, I mean, it, it shouldn't be lost on anybody that it struck me the other day that Nicole Solis uh, is is perhaps one of the, the most prominent Rhode Islanders at the moment, by yeah. at least judged by national media. And there's yep. a, there's a there's a reason for that. And I think one of the reasons is uh, is that people are concerned about this. And one of the reasons she's maybe not so prominent within Rhode Island is because nobody covers it. I mean, look, look who, who released that information right. about the public relations firm. It yeah, was her. It was her. It wasn't, yeah. And she waited for weeks on an APRA. I put in the yeah. same APRA. I still haven't heard back from the school department. I probably have to see if their clocks run out, but um, you have to imagine that some of the mainstream reporters could have gotten that information more quickly, but they're just or, not, they're not interested. Her Twitter feed on it. Unbelievable. They don't report yeah. on that. Yeah. And I was, you know what? I wrote about it yesterday. I mean, Ted Nisi's Nisi notes, which is his weekend weekend roundup of, of all the kind of little stories that didn't quite fit is really about as mainstream insider as you can get here. Here's anybody we think is important doing anything that's related to politics. He has not, unless I missed it. And I searched every one of his columns going back through April. He has not mentioned Nicole 
in a single wow. one of those things. Huh. That shows you they just don't want this out there. They don't want to pretend that these folks have any any rights or any legitimate claims. Uh, and finally, Justin, this is something that I stumbled upon, but and I did uh, post it on depetro.com. But I, I'm just uh, perplexed as to so there's this guy in the planning board in East Greenwich. Granted, it's it's appointed, but he is very clear in his social media: police are the enemy, police are criminals, defund the police. Uh, you know, all all cops are are you know bad and that type of thing. I I just don't think. And and initially they were saying, well, you know, freedom of speech, but I just can't come up with can maybe you, but I can't think of another group that someone has inherent hatred dislike for that that would be tolerated uh if if someone had you know if someone was posting it, it's it's they are the enemy uh you know the blue line of enemies or the blue enemies is and he has pictures of them and t-shirts and so forth that would not be allowed if you were posting that about african-americans about latino uh i'm not i, I can't imagine the protest if it was being done about firefighters I, I just don't know why we've reached a point where someone could be appointed for, for this is for planning. So it's certainly, you know, the whole agenda seems to be to have more low income housing, to get more, more progressives to move into the town so then they can control the politics. But I don't know what we, we've shifted into. That is one group that it seems acceptable that you can post that they are the enemy, they're criminals, basic, you know, just complete hatred of law enforcement. I think it's wrong. No, you're you're absolutely right, and I, I I think my emphasis would go to uh, what makes it acceptable or not acceptable. I mean, these these local boards. I don't know the situation specifically in East Greenwich, but very often it's getting harder and harder to find people willing to volunteer for these boards. Yes. Uh, and so, if you if if a town council person somebody says, "Oh, this this guy over here is." more or less on our side with things and he's he wants to do it all right all right put him in there because we've got that open seat we've got to fill uh you could see that happening but the left uh, the progressives and democrats have a a very big machine to go in search of these sorts of things and create outrage about them um so in some ways they're kind of gaslighting when they try to say republicans are doing the same thing but they so they'll find these people out and and get I don't know, a half a dozen people uh, to go protest city hall, town hall, based on some tweet from somebody on a planning board. And they'll get the local news media there, which is sympathetic, and they'll post a story. And that's how it becomes a story. The problem, in, a lot of the problem in Rhode Island, I think, is the there's the, there's no other side to that. Uh, even relatively big issues often have, you know, have a few people show up on a street corner uh, to, and to some extent that's, you know, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to take some blame myself because I could on Anchor Rising, I need to be out there more giving attention to people who are doing those sorts of things. But that that's what the right really needs to cultivate. And you've been doing a great job with it, uh, helping to bring light to to conservative protests. But that's that's where you start to have, and, and this story too, that's where you start to have an effect. And I think, but the, the deepest issue I found in this, and I think you put your finger on it on your post on this issue, is this, and you just mentioned it, the, the idea that one of his advocacy points is more suburban housing uh, for, low-income housing to increase progressivism in, yes. in towns. And that's that goes right up to Biden uh, and, and Obama, right. affirmative housing, fair housing rules, where you're, they're just trying to make sure that you can't have a pocket of of conservative values in a suburb. Yep. You've got that's to inject the poison of, of progressivism in those neighborhoods so that that you'll never be able to, to build up any any kind of resistance to the cities, basically. Folks, he's the managing editor at AnchorRising.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job, and we'll talk to you again. Yeah, fantastic conversation. Thank you, John. Thanks, Justin. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401 401- 439-6028 fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist yankee tree service they provide various tree services including tree removal pruning land clearing stump grinding and bobcat service check out their website yankee whether it's for tree removal 
or stump grinding. Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote. 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com. Back in 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the all-white Bailey's Beach Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now, your family's been members. Your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now? I think the people who are running the place are still working on that. I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. Blaming all on his ribs, or in a blue-blooded snood. His birth was a black tie affair. It's all who you know, like Claus von Bülow, he just likes to be seen everywhere. He leads a privileged life with a white privileged wife. At Bailey's, they like their champagne. Life on Bellevue in a state that is blue. <laughs> You'll never hear Sheldon complain. He likes clubs with with the lead waspy crowds where for decades kept the Jews away and BLF cannot stay well he's not big on diverse faces Bailey's Beach Club is his oasis Sheldon likes the clubs with white faces do you have concerns in 2021? I mean, obviously, it's been four years. You have remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club again in this day and age. Should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. Summer's here. You want to stay nice and healthy for you and your family? Pop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. It's My Health, right in that old white church, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health, where you're going to find vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, Octave Skin Brushes, also over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. It's My Health, where you'll find hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use, natural skin care products, hair care, hair care products, essential oils, body oils, and soaps. It's My Health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, or call her 401 305-3585. Shop local and stay healthy with It's My Health right across the street from Davenport Restaurant. 